Ideas, the lifeblood of innovation. We all have them, right? We feel our hearts race as we tell our friends about them. Our eyes twinkle a little as we break it down for our families. We can't wait to tell our mentors about it and explain our in-depth 10-step plan. Why is it though that for most of us, that is where it ends? How come for 99% of people, their brilliant, groundbreaking ideas never even see the light of day? Sunil Gupta, in his book Backable, highlights three words that hold most of us back every time. I'm not ready. For so many of us, we are playing the game of someday instead of the game of now. Why is that? Let's start figuring it out. The main question I'd like to highlight in this episode, and hopefully have answered by the end of it, is what is the game of now, and how can we all start playing it? Today, after one of my client sessions, I was fortunate enough to uh, grab him for about 15 minutes to have a little chat. And thanks to that chat, this episode is actually coming out a lot sooner rather than later. And that's purely because I brought up the fact that I was thinking of starting a podcast and I had hit this wall, this creative wall with um, posting the podcast because I, I didn't have much to say and I didn't feel like what I was saying was um, profound enough or good enough or going to add value to anyone. Um, and I didn't want to sound stupid, to be honest. So in this conversation, we were just chatting and um, part of part of uh, this guy's business is to create course material and courses for executives on topics ranging from accounting to business processes to absolutely anything that can kind of help them develop their career and help them uh, be more impactful in those careers. And the advice that was given was just do it, just post it, just get it out, just start. It doesn't matter how bad the first episode, of course, it's not going to be completely refined and profound and um, the best possible thing that I could be putting out there, but that's irrelevant. The fact is you're taking the first step, you're building momentum and you're putting it out there. You're able to go to episode two after putting episode one out. And that is extremely profound in and of itself. There's so many opportunities for us just to start, just to pitch your idea to that investor, just to chat to your friend about potentially supporting your small business or um, chatting to your parents to be your first client um, as a personal trainer, as a random example, or going out for that coffee date with someone who you might build a relationship and then a marriage and then a family out of. Absolutely anything just requires a step, just a step in the direction that you think you want to go. And then you can take the next step after that. And then you can refine your trajectory and kind of move closer to, to your goal. And I think that is, that is extremely important to be confident in yourself, to take the first step knowing, yes, you might stumble. Yes, you might fall but then there's always the next step to be taken and then the next step. And then you can slowly gain your footing and move forward in the direction that you want to take. Now, during this chat with um, my client, we were reflecting on how kind of this whole client trainer relationship began. And just as a little backstory, Vix and I decided to take a um, romantic little holiday away to Safari Plains, which is a game, game reserve. 
and just get out of the city a little bit and just um, kind of reconnect with each other. And on this on this trip, we we met this guy and his two kids, and we got chatting, and um, we found out that we all share a mutual mutual love for fitness. And from there, this thing kind of just grew and bloomed. And um, we were just talking about how crazy it was that this was just an everyday interaction that we have multiple times. But because we we took the time to actually get to know someone and chat and not just be there by ourselves and kind of hide away and, and have the romantic holiday that uh, we kind of wanted to do, would this would we have gotten clients out of that? And it wasn't to say that we set out on this holiday to gain clients, but we simply started having a conversation. And from that, that grew into, again, gaining a client. And um, my clients and I were chatting about how those opportunities are going to present themselves every day in some form or another, and how important it is to adopt a mindset that when you wake up in the morning, you decide that you're going to take every opportunity that you can, obviously within reason, and jump at it, even if it's a conversation with someone, even if it's a coffee date with someone. Um, for all you know, you might bump into the person that you're going to marry today. It doesn't need to always be business. It can be a friendship, a relationship, a potential spouse. Um, but are you going to wake up each day telling yourself that, you're going to take the small opportunities, whether it's simply smiling at someone who's having a bad day or helping that guy out on the street or letting someone in in front of you in a shopping line where you have a trolley full of things and they have one item. Small things like that, you never know what it is going to lead to. And that's the beauty of life. That's the beauty of all these micro opportunities that are going to present themselves to you every single day. During this conversation again with, with my client, he shared a story about um, him and his partner who, who were running this business and they had really well-paying clients. And his partner one day said to him, look, we need to take this um, business in a completely different direction. I feel like these clients are, are great from a cash flow point of view, but I just don't feel like what we set out to achieve with this business is happening anymore. And um, this, this was a decision that is not easily made. And when you have cash flow coming in to suddenly turn around, fire those clients and pretty much start fresh is insanely scary. And at one point, um, the partner was in, in Silicon Valley and um, my client got this call at about 2 a.m. South African time saying, look, I have this opportunity a bunch of angel investors are meeting up. I can get on a plane right now and go meet with these guys. And my client said, go for it. Let's do it. And from there, they, um, the partner met with, with the clients and, and gave his pitch. And um, they went with him, not because he was the most qualified guy, not because he had the clearest idea. Um, the conversation with the investors went to a point where you guys are based in South Africa. Why would we want to invest in a company that's based in South Africa? And this partner said, that's exactly why you want to invest in a company based in South Africa. You guys are dealing with dollars. We're dealing with South African rands. And 
they went with it. They went for it. Obviously, the way I'm explaining it now isn't as eloquent as the the partner explained it to the investors, but he was a backable dude who convinced these guys to take a chance on this business. And five years down the line, those investors are still invested. And that is insane. Had he not taken that opportunity to say, I have this opportunity right now. It's make or break. What do I do? Do I fly back home and oh, we can figure it out another day? It's not a problem. I'm sure we'll be fine. Or I'm going to take this insane risk right now and go for it. And that's what they did. And it paid off. And yes, there are going to be times when an opportunity might present itself that you jump at and you stumble and fall a little bit, but pick yourself up, get ready for the next opportunity. You've now learned a lesson and the next time it comes around, you'll be that much more prepared. And that is the crazy thing. Like, yes, you might fail. Yes, you might fall, but there will always be another opportunity. And if we wait and we wait and we wait and we don't take or jump at the opportunities that presents itself, we'll never know. We'll always be playing the game of someday. We'll be playing the game of someday I'll be able to figure it out. Someday somebody's going to come around and they're going to take a chance on me. But the chance of that actually happening is very slim. And that is the game of now. After my client shared that story with me, all I could think about was, Jay Shetty's conversation with Russ, where he asks Russ what the best piece of advice he's ever received is. And Russ <laughs> very casually replies, what if it can turn out better than you can imagine? And that is mind-blowing. Imagine how much more positive and how many more opportunities and situations we jump at if we adopted the mindset of what if it can turn out better than you can imagine? Before a running race, how much harder would you run if you had the mindset of, well, what if I can actually win this, you know, before a pitch to an investor, what if these guys give me way more capital for a smaller amount of my company, or if a coffee date with a friend, what if this is my soulmate? What if this is the person that I was supposed to meet today? That's going to become my husband or wife or life partner or whatever you're going for there, you know? Yes, it's an insanely optimistic kind of mindset to adopt, but there is absolutely no reason why we cannot adopt it. And I'd love to experiment for a month of approaching things with the mindset of, well, I'm going to do this because for all I know, this might completely explode or blow up. Take this podcast, for example. What if it becomes, I don't know, my goal is to touch someone's life and hopefully inspire someone, but what if it inspires 10 or 100 or 1,000 or a million? There is no reason why what we're doing cannot totally explode and potentially change our lives forever. And I feel like that's such an important thing to take away from this. If there is one quote that we can take away from this episode, it's, what if it can turn out better than I could imagine? That is epic. Shortly after this conversation with this client and after our session when I'd left, I came home and started um, digesting everything that we spoke about and figuring out ways to put it into words and put it into this, this podcast. And um, we started chatting again on WhatsApp and I was hinting to the idea that he'd hopefully 
come on this podcast and join me for an episode and he was very gracious and more than more than willing and super keen for it and i just asked if if i could share a little bit about him or if he'd like to stay anonymous or can i share and he's like of course and so this client of mine goes by the name of richard cohen and apart from being the ceo of gray matter thinking he has his hands in these companies as well namely doc fox bitfund smart about health VR and hub city and all these companies bar VR are all startups that are trying to scale up and richard advises on these and is on um and is a shareholder in in these companies and one thing that we're going to chat about in our episode is just how how to keep that ball rolling how once you start what are the what are the keys to keep going and are there motivational issues or like what issues do you run into and um after chatting about this i asked richard if he wouldn't mind sharing just a a small pearl of wisdom for in this example i used young people who have ideas that just want to start um, but keep running into walls and don't quite have the confidence yet to start and this is the advice he gave just start no business or include blank whatever your blank is No business can succeed if it remains in your head. There must be action, and even failed outcomes are good. In fact, very good, as long as you can learn from them and pivot. Music in your mind makes no sound at all. And digesting that, I'll read it again in a a second, but that's insane. If we, there were a hundred of us sitting in a hall, and someone asked the hall of us to raise our hands if we've ever had an idea, probably 99 to 100 of us would raise their hands. And then if the question again was asked, now how many of you have done something about your idea or shared your idea or taken the first step into implementing your idea, how many of us would be able to keep our hands up? And I think the answer there is quite a few. So let me read this again with that in mind. Just start. No business can succeed if it remains in your head. There must be action, and even failed outcomes are good, in fact very good, as long as you can learn from them and pivot. Music in your mind makes no sound at all. And I think that brings me perfectly to to the last points I want to make today in how the game of now happens. And for me, that is not alone. We cannot do this by ourselves. Even this episode probably wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Richard's input. And while he did not do this episode for me, he helped me get on track and he helped me take that first step. And that's true of every successful person out there, every CEO, every billionaire, every millionaire, every whatever in air you want to use had someone that either gave them direction or was going in the direction that they themselves did not want to go and they could learn from their kind of mistake or their direction. And that's super important. So one piece of advice for me that I would like to give is who is in your circle and fill your circle with people that A, want to lift you up, but B, you also want to lift up. And that's important. No one loses by lifting someone else up. I know we live in a world where it's cutthroat and it's do or die and you're on your own, it's you against the world. But that simply can't be true for success. 
if you want to achieve anything, you're going to need a team around you that are going to pick you up when you fall, celebrate the victories with, and keep you moving forward, keep you accountable, call you on your BS and all of that. So my takeaway from that would be to surround yourself with, with a circle that cares for you, that wants the best for you, that you want to help grow and that want to help you grow. And that's super important. Coming full circle back to Sunil Gupta and his book Backable, he writes about how he visited uh, Silicon Valley in the 2000s and got to meet up with a guy by the name of James McNiven, who was the owner of a restaurant called Bucks of Woodside, where Valley insiders ate their power breakfasts. Sunil Gupta writes the following, what I ultimately saw or what I saw ultimately drove me to write this book. Nearly every table had a similar pattern. On one side, a professionally dressed man with graying hair. On the other side, someone who looked a lot like me, my age, my level of experience, wearing the same kind of hoodie I'd be wearing if it were a Saturday. I wanted to know what the hoodies were saying to the suits. Lost in thought, I was startled when McNiven said they're pitching their ideas. I wondered whether to say what I wanted to say. Finally, I forced it out. But they're so young. I mean, they're my age. McNiven took a sip from his mug and looked out the window. It seemed like he was debating whether or not to tell me the truth. Would it be too much for a 21-year-old from the Midwest to handle? In that moment, I was reminded of the scene in The Matrix where Morpheus holds out a red pill and a blue pill. McNiven leaned across the table, looked me directly in the eyes, and pointed out the window. The people who run this place, they're all your age. I felt a lump in my throat. Red pill. He continues to write, Something I couldn't comprehend until years later, that there are two types of people in this world. There are those who play the game of someday and those who play the game of now. So my question to leave you with is what are you doing? Are you playing the game of now or are you playing the game of someday? Thank you so much for tuning in today and exploring the concepts of the game of now with me today. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. And as always, let's just keep figuring it out.